The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. More than that, it is hour two, and it's Friday. Hope your March 10th has been glorious so far. Either spring practice has started or it's about to. You may be one of the, I don't know, like 70% of college football that seems to have their spring game on the 15th of April. But a lot of that's going on right now, and then there's going to be breaks everywhere for spring break, or maybe you're getting started immediately after. So spring break again with a shifting schedule and almost nobody being on quarters anymore it is about a week and a half maybe and so boom that's what you get and then back to the field appreciate in hour one we wanted to talk tennessee so we turned to our friend eric kane covers tennessee for volquest.com also we're talking anthony richardson as well as other qbs uh, entering the draft and that whole just the landscape for a kid who's doing that and how difficult it is to learn on an nfl field that was davis Mo- david morris normally say from so and so he is qb country it's his deal man uh coming up in about 15 from nashville the owner of 440 sports also hearing uh, espn radios with athlon all of that is Braden gall that'll be uh, about 15 then bottom of the hour UGA sports.com. That is his saloon. Roddy Nabolsi talking UGA and Kirby and the culture problem that they have in Athens. I don't know that they have a culture problem. I suspect that they don't, but the Atlanta journal and constitution is going to ferret out any chance that there is a culture problem. And I'm not really being snarky. I'm saying I'm uh, AJC has made it a mission that if there is one, just like molecule of dirt, it will beg for death. So the AGC is going to find it. Chuck Oliver show on this Friday, and there's a chance. I said it's March 10th. Yeah, March 10th, 2023. As in, it's been a while that it's been good to be in the business of being the SEC. For a long time. And there is a chance we still don't have a full appreciation for the fat stacks situation in the country's best football conference buddy of mine uf grad and he wants good things for the program but it's march and he's frustrated and whatever uf grad there's quote i was like hang on (laughs) make sure i get this quote there's no way they can extend napier without a better season (laughs) well of course they can what UF or any athletic department in the SEC, I'll say in the SEC or the Big Ten, any athletic department in those two conferences at least, they can go through the process to get whatever contract it chooses whenever it chooses obvious on-field justification or impatient like a third grader. Or no, it doesn't matter. I say impatient like a, Trev Alberts, he was the Nebraska AD. 
He decided end of September, I want to fire Scott Frost right here, right now. Well, if we wait, I want to say it was nine days. I think might have been ten. If we if we wait ten days, I believe the athletic department could have saved like one point one million dollars. And he's like, Nah, we're in the Big Ten. Fire him now. So they fired a former starting quarterback who led the team to glory. Gone. Could have waited a week and a half and saved a million dollars. Like, nah, we got money. And they do. They decide, no, we're going to do this right now. You don't have to wait. And Florida? If you look at Florida from last year, and it was Billy Napier's first season, and the team went 6-6, and and then – Whatever it is, the Vanderbilt thing, I, I'm not, I can't explain to you. But they went 6-6, six and six, and by virtue of that, they wound up in the Las Vegas Bowl. And whatever was the collection of players wearing orange and blue that they said, yep, this is our, my team's on the floor that day. It was just – it was not – I, it was like – I don't know, like an alumni – and it was an alumni game. That's – I don't know be – it wasn't – there were players, people running around doing things in a Florida uniform, but that wasn't in any way a reflection of the 2022 season. There were other players on scholarship, but the bowl game had no ref, no connection to the Florida team that ran out there 12 times during the season. Utah was a good win. South Carolina was, they beat the dog out of South Carolina right before South Carolina decided, all right, let's rise up and have two great games. So there were some moments they decided to, that Georgia, we would all watch for about a quarter in the middle of the game, sort of, not even at the beginning. They had some moments, but it wasn't Florida football. They were six and six. I'm talking in all sort of like couched phrases about that awful game out in Las Vegas. And the fact that it wasn't even real. They were six and six. There wasn't a really high level of excellence to fall from in the bowl game. They were six and six. They lost to Vanderbilt. My gosh, they could have beaten Florida State. And there were like two times I was like, I think that they're going to beat Florida. Oh, Jordan Travis. Okay, they're not going to beat Florida State. So there were opportunities. They didn't take advantage of them. They might have beaten Tennessee earlier in the year with this break or the other one. But they didn't happen because they weren't that good. And so they finished 6-6, six and six, and then you assign whatever value you want to that bowl game. Buddy of mine, there's no way they can extend Napier without a better season. Now, if you want to say there's a big desire for better season and we're Florida, we should, we should have better seasons. and all, You can say all that you want. I'm on board with you. But saying that, and we say they can't extend. They're talking about the administration there. When this alum says, there's no way my school, our administration can extend Napier without him, the team's got to have a better record this year. That's the fleshed out, you know, verbiage of what he was saying. <laughs> of course they can. They can do anything they want. They can give any contract they want at any point, any sport. If you don't believe me, how about in the conference? How about in the division? How about a team that right now programs better than you? And they have no history to the point that I think you beat them like, I don't know, three straight decades. 
University of Kentucky hired Mark Stoops the end of November 2012, and I believe that that was when Joker had left. I mean, he showed up. He's the wide receiver coach. They do nothing but score, couldn't play defense. Suddenly he's the head coach, no points. So, I mean, he it's a bad situation. They hire Mark Stoops at the end of the 12 season. First season was 2013. 2-10. Two May of two, if you're talking about what an SEC school, they, they can't do that unless you produce on the field. During the 2013 season, Kentucky went two and 10. Five months after that season, Mark Stoops got a contract extension. Later that year, after the 14 season had merely begun, eight games in, five and three record, new contract extension. He had coached 20 games had gotten his second contract extension. He had a 7-13 and 13 record, and an SEC school said, yeah, here, you can have another contract now. 2016, coaches fourth full season, first winning record. They finished 7-6. and six. Two months later, contract extended. 2017, they went 7-6. and six. November 11th of that season, Kentucky beats Vanderbilt. Contract got extended that night. Seven and six. List goes on, folks. Latest contract coach Stoop signed. Has him with the program until June of 2031. He's 66 and 59 at UK. Kentucky is 32 and 50 in conference with Coach Stoops in charge. Two five and three seasons, no other winning marks. So, yes. The Gators may finish six and six. They may win five games. They may win four games. And the Florida administration will give Billy Napier a new contract. If it decides to, for any reason, it may run across on a whimsy. Folks, I'm saying if they win five games or even four, as these words are tumbling out my mouth, it may make it more likely he gets an extension if they're six and six or so because the administration looks around and says, we need to send a message of belief and unity and long haul, and he really is our coach. If you don't think that could happen, if you don't think that is happening, literally as we live and breathe in the Southeastern Conference or the Big Ten or even a lot of places where they don't even have the same checkbook, if you don't think – I said if that could happen – If you don't think that is happening right now, Mizzou finished its third season with Eli, no winning season yet, new contract through 2027, $20 million buyout. Eli's 11 and 15 in the conference. Has yet to post a winning mark after the season. Missouri said, you know what? Break him off. New contract, new raise. He's making $6 million a year. And if they fire him, because in the SEC, if you've been the head coach for four straight seasons and have had four straight losing records, what happened? If you haven't had a winning record after four years, you're probably losing your job. And, and a lot, I look at you and go, yeah, okay, I get it. $20 million. $20 million. So, yes, UF. Missouri is the shallow end of the pool. Okay, that's the like the three or four foot waters. Florida's twelve foot dive. 
that's hey, they've got expect expectations. They got demands. And I kind of look at the program and go, yeah, I'm in. I got demands for you too. I, why aren't you better? So yeah, six and six, five and six. I think it makes it more likely the administration goes, guys, we got to extend him. We got to let everybody know that Gainesville is not burning down. Especially if Florida State has another 10 win season or even better. Or Miami bounces back. Mm-mm, can't have that. We can then look what's going on in Gainesville. Instability. No, there's not. He just got two new. It is like he just showed up. He just got a new contract, two additional years. Folks, that's a very. Very real thing. All right, we're going to break, come back, continue next on Chuck Oliver Show. It's always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Oh, we go. Every day. Thank y'all for the blessing. I know in Athens, Georgia, there is tragedy. I know, I know that that's part of what happened two months ago. I know there's tragedy. I don't know if there is a culture issue. I I can't tell you that there's not. I don't I don't know that there is. And that is the current um, fascination, I'll say, with uh, some of the local media outlets around the Georgia program. And on a national scale, and I mean, I get it. When you look up and you just look at the rock, you know, I was like, I've always said stats for a quarterback. There's nothing that, like, it's an indicator. That is it. Um, But, like, the stats for the Georgia program right now, well, if it's an indicator, the stats are bad. When it comes to uh, arrests, uh, citations, obviously a meandering story of where you were and what happened before and right after. Um, So there are questions, and they're legitimate. Like I said, I know there's tragedy. I don't know if there's more. I uh, want to welcome on right now a guy we can talk all things college football with. He is the, and especially the SEC, the owner of 440 Sports, ESPN Radio. You hear him there, Athlon Sports. Based out of Nashville, it is Braden Gall. Braden, how are you on this Friday? I'm doing well. How are you, man? Oh, I'm blessed. No doubt about it. Uh, let's talk uh, I don't, culture problem, whatever that uh, you know, all-encompassing is. Um, with Nick Saban, there was a culture problem because kids were selling textbooks and pocketing the money. Um, is this a culture problem, or was there just tragedy and a couple of other arrests? Oh well, I think there's a couple. It's, it, there's almost like three different answers to that. I think there is. There have been plenty of incidents in college sports because these are little feudal dictatorships run by paranoid schizophrenic egomaniacs that have complete and utter control and power. So there's that. Um, and that can lead to, like, active culture creation, which is like Art Bryles at Baylor, right? Like Les Miles at LSU, Joe Paterno potentially at, at Penn State. Like guy, guys that are a- actively covering things up that, that are heinous, that are criminal, that are dangerous for the community. Like there, there, are, there are coaches who have been in, in, in the past an active part of creating that cult, like a, an actual culture. Uh, there's another thing that happens, which happens to almost everybody. When you are the best, when you are the two-time defending champion, things happen to your program that are sort of out of your control. Uh, one, one of those is, is in your control, which is who you recruit. And sometimes 
you sacrifice things for talent. That just happens sometimes naturally. Um, but what happens is when you're the two-time defending champ, like you, you don't get told no very often if you're a player. You, you, there's not as much accountability from the, the community. Like there's more there's more spotlights on your program in general. A, a long snapper who does something wrong at Georgia right now is going to get a lot more heat than a long snapper who does the exact same thing at Missouri. So like you're going to get like – you know, public intox for the two-time defending national championship quarterback is different than public intox for Brady Cook. Like that's just that's just how it is. Um, but what happens is you get this when when you are the two-time champ, you, you there's there's an entitlement and and, a, and an empowerment thing that happens with athletes that's very natural. Like it happens in all walks of of business and life. And what what happens is the coach. To take a team from elite, where Georgia is now, where Florida was under Urban Meyer, where where USC was under Pete Carroll, um, like they all have discipline issues. They all they're all eighteen to twenty two year olds who are like you know <laughs> pretty pretty stuff about themselves because they're so great. And clearly, the, not just Kirby, but the police were not doing anything about these these car issues like the car issue thing is a different story to me like the number of guys who are doing 120 miles an hour at two in the morning like that that's a that's a problem but it's not something that kirby is like creating but what happens is is police officers aren't even doing anything jalen carter's doing 89 and a 45 and like nothing happens hey dude you got to chill out you're gonna go to jail like that's not that doesn't solve the problem you write him a ticket because I would get a ticket for that. You would get a ticket for that. So there's no accountability and empowerment and entitlement. No one gets told no. Now you've reached the point where do you want to be a dynasty? If you want to be a dynasty, then Kirby has to address this and has to handle it. He didn't create it. It's not his fault. It just sort of happens naturally to college football programs when they're the great, when they're the best. It's happened to almost all of them. So Urban Meyer flew too close to the sun, couldn't control it, didn't manage it, it exploded in his face, and some people, you know, were killed, frankly, in that situation. And Georgia's had tragedy, too. But it's a totally different situation. Kirby has to – it's on Kirby now to manage it. If he wants to be a dynasty and they want to win six rings in 15 years, like Saban has done, you've got to figure out a way to to keep people grounded, keep people disciplined – Make it about the work. Make it about the program. Set accountability standards inside the program, like all that kind of stuff. Just like you would with your six-year-old kid. Like if you if you never tell your six-year-old no, they're going to grow up to be a real bad person. So, so, like, it's not his fault. He didn't create it. It happens naturally, but it's his job to fix it now. And that that's sort of where I'm at with Georgia. Because again, like, you can't have like this is not just the last not 13 months. Like. Isaiah Wilson was drafted by the Titans. He played four snaps in the NFL. He was a first-round draft pick. He was doing donuts on Lower Broadway at 2 in the morning with a double the legal limit BAC. Then he was arrested doing 140. And this is a guy who had a lottery ticket from God to play in the NFL, $11 million contract, and he just, like, threw it away into the garbage can because he wanted to drive 140 miles an hour away from the scene of a crime one night. Like, I, I don't – the car thing has got to be – got to figure that part out. Wrapping up, Braden Gall, I got 78 other things I wanted to get to, but um, you made a comment there, and I have had an opinion now for about five years, um, six years. Whenever I saw the Clemson thing, the, the new facility there, it reminded me my first – I don't know if you've ever been to Mandalay Bay in particular in Vegas. The first time I stayed there was for a four-day weekend, and I remember going to McCarran on Sunday. I was like, man, they had everything there. I didn't. I never had to leave the property. Oh, that's kind of the purpose. 
We all uh-huh. think it's to have a nice, wonderful palace to show 17-year-olds. I'm like, eh, uh, Clemson, Ohio, whatever it is, you got that facility, so there is no reason for your players to leave, even to get a haircut, Braden. If you want to bust mad rhymes at South Carolina, you can do it at the Players' Lounge. Right. I, I, look, <laughs> here's the deal. If I am Georgia or any other major college football program, I do not know why you have not signed an NIL deal with Uber or Lyft already. I don't understand. Uber and Lyft are free for every player and coach and administrator in the NFL. They have a deal with the NFL that every single player can take a free ride home anytime they want at any point during the day. It's you, free. Know the, you know like, the NFL, because you know folks, you know the NFL has had that for years, the car service deal. Do you know why folks in the NFL yeah. don't use it? Because they keep track of it, and then the NFL GM says, I noticed you used the car service three times this season. So that's why you still see NFL. So I agree with you, but we're now putting, like, adult responsibilities on, like, a 19-year-old, a sensibility there. I don't don't know about the ability to drive home the message. Look, driving over 100 miles an hour with twice the the blood alcohol limit in your system is not – uh, that is not just uh, – 19-year-olds are 1 million percent capable of not doing that. Like, they, they are capable. I, I'm, if they can go to war, they cannot drive drunk. Like, I'm sorry. It's just – I don't think it's a high bar. And, frankly, what's really fascinating is young people don't even want to get their driver's licenses anymore. Like, You're they right almost – young people want to, like, ride in Ubers anyway. And it, Georgia can't track Uber. Like, they can't track Lyft. They can't track that stuff. I'm just saying, sign an NIL deal, let them sponsor it, give them all a free, pa- like a like a, a login token on their app, and then they can all have it. And they all sponsor it's all, the Georgia football program, brought, brought to you by Uber, getting kids home safely all over Athens. Like you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a no brainer. Yeah, you're right about that. I was a pretty good student. I skipped a history final to drive to a different state to go on a date with a girl. So, I, you know, we do things when we're 19 that just they aren't the smartest. Brayden, oh, I appreciate I, appreciate your time, brother. No, I agree. We all made mistakes in college. <laughs> Braden Gall, uh, again, owner of 440 ESPN Radio, Athlon Sports, all that stuff. I appreciate his time. Yeah, we had a, um, had a history final. I was like, can I reschedule that? Because I got a buddy of mine in Millettsville, Georgia, and they're having a party tonight. So I rescheduled a history final. This is the only history class I had to have in four years to graduate. Because it was a big party to go to. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory-certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer.
Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. So many other things to be talking about than is there a culture problem and who is doing all the street racing in Athens. So many better things to talk about this time of year, but um, you've just got no choice uh, when it comes to the Georgia program, the point that, you know, Kirby, it was, I guess, about this time last week, it was the end of last week, that he's having to address issues. And he was pretty strong in defending his program, uh, saying there is not a culture issue here. Uh, we will talk on field, I promise you, but want to welcome on now, uh, right now, we got to start with it from UGASports.com. It's Roddy Nabolsi. Roddy, welcome on this Friday. How you doing, brother? Doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Uh, Georgia's culture, uh, the, the numbers are what we were just talking about it before you came on. The numbers are what they are. Here are the arrests, the citations. Here are the numbers where even maybe you didn't even get a ticket. Uh, and then there's the tragedy. So the numbers look bad. Um, I have contended that I think this is, this is almost exclusively just tragic, but I don't know that, um, your understanding of the culture around street racing and Hellcats and chargers and challengers and all that within the program. Well, I mean, you got a bunch of kids that have new cars and they want to test them. Is your car faster than mine? But that's not to say that that's what's happening over there. I could just see a bunch of, hypothetically, if a bunch of 18 to 22-year-old young men all got fancy cars, what would they do with them? I know what the hell I'd be doing. I'd be out the street taking off, you know, just to show that my car is faster than your car. But then I'm an idiot, and hopefully these kids have a better future than I do. But to say that it's a culture issue, well, let's – is it a 18 to 22 year old culture issue or is it a Georgia football culture issue? And everyone wants to lay the blame. Everyone wants to pound the flesh from somebody. Everyone wants to look at the bigger trend. You take, you take some data points, put them together and say, aha, there's a trend. I have not seen that. And I know for a fact, and I don't report all the, all the stuff that we get because some of it is just uh, uh, not of interest to the fan base, but I know the speakers they've had come in talking to people about don't do stupid things. They have character building uh, classes all the time, lectures. They bring in a lecture just about every week to help these kids with their, uh, you know, life decisions. They have mentorship programs. I know so many people say, how do you break so much news about Georgia? Well, I know a lot of the mentors and they tell me what some of these kids tell them. And we're able to go out and confirm that and say, hey, here's some breaking news for you that, you know, we found out. So, again, I'm not trying to defend the program. I'm just saying that it's tough for me to take data points that are in a same theme but are individual decisions and apply it to a culture or to a, a person or to a system or program at UGA and say, aha, here is the issue. I just don't see it. To me, it's uh, with a tragedy. We broke the news on that. Uh we looked into it. We did a ton of research. We talked to a lot of people, and we walked away with the idea that it was a tragedy, not a scandal. A lot of stupid decisions were made. I've been covering Georgia since 1993. I've seen a lot of stupid decisions made by players in multiple generations. It's not a Kirby thing. It's not a UGA thing. We see it at every school, and that's not to make light of it. I'm just saying – is it a Georgia issue or is it an 18 to 22 year old issue uh, amongst young men? That's this is how I see it. Yeah, and I'm not excuse making. I mean, I'm not a Georgia grad or alum, or I'm not defined as a booster. Um, I think I've always said everybody gets their turn, man. 
Every program <laughs> seems to get their turn. Um, I want to ask you about a kid in particular who's not even there anymore. Robert Beal, I think he made the absolute most of whenever he got on the field, all right, I got to do something. And he was a really good, solid player there. Uh, kid can't catch a break. Big, giant human who blisters it up in Indianapolis, and at the same time he's got a teammate who looks even better. Um, this one kid, tell me what you think the Sunday possibilities are for Robert Beal Jr. Uh, Robert Beal, well, he is so dependable in what he's doing. He's To me, it's the exact opposite of Nolan Smith. You have to have a plan for Nolan Smith because Nolan is such a freak athlete. You know, is he a hand-in-the-dirt guy? Is he an outside linebacker? Is he standing up? Is he dropping into coverage? Do you move him inside? You know, if he's got speed enough to be a gigantic inside guy, maybe. Uh, you have to have a defensive coordinator with a vision when they plan to take – Get Nolan Smith at a very high pick. Now later on, it's 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 a, it's a no-brainer to get him. You know, if, if he drops a bit. Uh, but Robert Beal, you know exactly what you're going to get. I say it's the same thing about Kenny McIntosh. Kenny McIntosh is going to blow you away with his speed or his elusiveness. But you know that kid can catch. You know that he's got soft hands. He could be a receiver. You know. So if you're looking at Robert Beal, you're like, this guy. Look at the size this guy has. He has the, the size to play in the NFL. But he also has the speed. That's the number one thing. That's why we're all freaked out about 40s. And people go, well, 40s don't matter. Talk to head coaches up there. Talk to general managers, and they'll tell you, the one, everybody's got size. Everybody's got tackling ability. Everybody can read and recognize what's going on in the field. But can you catch a Tyreek Hill? You know, can you catch a Nicole Hardman? You know, that's just, you got to have, it's a fast league. And I don't think college football fans understand how fast the NFL is because everybody on the field is fast. You don't have a good frame of reference. But if you go from a college game on a Saturday to an NFL game on a Sunday, you see how much quicker those offensive linemen are, how much quicker those backs are, how much quicker the wide receivers are. And you need a guy like Robert Beal who can run somebody down. You know exactly what you're getting with him. You know exactly where to place him on your chart. You know how much you want to pay for a guy like that. So I could definitely see him playing in the NFL. Uh, who is going to step into the Nolan Smith? Because, I mean, this is, an, this is not supposed to be true. The past two seasons, I think Georgia has lost its best pass rushers both years midseason, yep. and they still won the national championship. Uh, who's going to be the best pass rusher on the 2023 Bulldogs? Uh, Michael Williams. That's, that, that, to me, that's the guy. But then Marvin Jones Jr. on the other side. But Michael Williams, and that's not to take anything away from Chaz Chambliss or guys like that. I just think that Michael Williams, his arms have gotten longer in the three months we were watching him. He's just, uh, he grew up in front of our eyes. And this is a guy who played in his first game. You know, he made a big, he was there making plays against uh, Oregon. So I just think that he is a freak athlete. How big do they want him to be? Like just weight wise, just a curiosity. What what do you think a number for him might be? Because he's got versatility. When you say it's him, I'm like, is he standing up? Is it one hand on the ground? Is he getting dirty and grimy inside? Well, that, that's why I mentioned him because I don't know where they want him because I don't. Again, he's like uh, Noah Smith. I don't know what the plan is. They did multiple things with Noah. Uh, they did odd things with Trayvon Walker. It's just <laughs> they they move him around. I don't know what the plan is for him, but it's that versatility which is why I picked him instead of. I was thinking my first thought was when you asked it was Marvin Jones Jr. That guy's about to blow up. But I'm like, no, because you, Michael can get him. You know, with his hand in the dirt, he takes off. You know, he, uh, you know, even if he gets chipped by the tight end, he still has to be dealt with. Or you can stand him up and bring him out. You know, from a wide technique. So. I just or, and then you work him inside. You yeah. know, if you have to line him up in the five, he still he's got the size to play that. So 
I just think that if you're talking about who's going to get to the quarterback, it's Michael Williams. Uh, what's Bear Alexander going to be? Because he may be my favorite bulldog. <laughs> He's going to be big and a pain in the people's butt. That's what Bear Alexander is going to be. He say, uh, and here's the thing: he was. I love going back to watch the uh, third downs last year. The Georgia, you know, they have a three-man rush. There's three freshmen. Michael yeah, Williams, yeah. Sarah Alexander, Jalen Walker. I'm like, wait, this is ridiculous. You had 15 to 0, and on your money down, you're playing three freshmen on the line. And sometimes, you know, they they created havoc. They created the uh, issues. So with uh, Big Bear out there, you know, working that inside spot, uh, he, all three of those guys were doing it with sheer athleticism. There was not a lot of technique from Bear Alexander. Jalen Walker is not, you know, uh, a, a three-year starting guy. All three of those guys were just so much better athletes than the guys they faced until maybe you got to, say, uh, you know, Ohio State or something like that, you know. That they just blew past people. So, uh, Glenn Schumann, I know a lot of people thought he was going to the NFL. Uh, he's sticking around. The man knows football, and he is unpredictable. So, I can just see him doing a lot. He's, he's got all these great – and his inside linebackers are going to be freaks next year. And he's got better ones coming in behind him. Then you got that uh, defensive end class with, you know, Gabe Harris, Samuel Mpemba, uh, Jordan Hall. Woo. That kid's crazy. And then Big Jolly, uh, Jamal Jarrett. This mm-hmm. is going to be a nasty defense facing a really easy schedule. Uh, I'm going to ask you about a guy that I don't think is going to figure really at all in the quarterback battle. Um, Gunnar Stockton, what have you heard about the kid who's been there about a year now? Um, what is the what is the uh, thought about him? Because kids have, I mean, the meandering narrative of guys that like Carson Beck even, um, where suddenly he's all grown up and mature and everything. What about Gunnar Stockton? What's the first year of impressions? First year impressions was he learned how to be a different quarterback than what he played in high school. I mean, in high school, I, I kept going up to Raven County, watching his games. I've never covered a quarterback that every time I went to see him would be responsible for six or seven touchdowns. Some of those are even in playoff games. That's not to say he's the greatest quarterback. You know, it's a, the, the competition needs to be considered there. But this was a guy who would either throw for him or run for him, and it was all based on him. And he did a lot of it. Uh, but he just spent an entire year having to be, you know, Hendon Hooker or Bryce Young or something like that. He had to learn a lot more uh, roles and a lot more styles of quarterback play. It's the exact same thing that uh, Carson Beck went through, made him better. It's a lot the same thing that Brock Vandegrift did. So this is a guy who understands his position uh, 10 times better than he did when he arrived last year. So uh, between the ears, he grew up a lot. Physically, he's already a monster. So uh, Georgia should be very – Georgia's going to be in good hands with all three of those guys. But still, I I hate to say it, you're still going to take a step back from Stetson Bennett. That's not to say those guys aren't as physically gifted. But Stetson, you know, everyone jokes about how old he is. That guy's seen a lot of football. These other guys have not. There are going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be some growing up. And the Georgia fans are going to – there will be a point where they're like, wow, maybe you know, maybe it wasn't just a system. Maybe Stetson was pretty good. But, you know, they, growing pains suck, but they're there. All right, last thing, and this is just – I want you to talk as a fan, but you can include numbers because you probably know them. Uh, I'm just going to say this as a general – 
Greg McGarity, the previous AD, he had a reputation of, I don't care what you want in the stadium. We're doing this for the players and the recruits and, you know, whatever else. Uh, my understanding is, like, over the past couple of years, uh, there are actually now some tangible, like, real-life improvements inside the state. Talk about the fan experience and the improvement over the last, I don't know, three, four, five years inside Sanford Stadium because they're like everywhere else. Essentially, you got a 100-year-old hunk of concrete, and you do the best you can. Absolutely. That's uh, people have, you know, screaming, why can't we have beer in the stadiums? Josh Brooks, the AD, I've known him forever. I remember when he went to Millsaps and created the beer garden, you know, one of the first ones to ever do something like that. I know what he's done at LSU and other, other schools. This is a guy who understands the fan experience is competing against an 87 inch uh, OLED TV with replays where you sit on your comfy couch, you get wings brought to you, you get to see every replay. That and he doesn't he doesn't cost you anything versus all the money you have to contribute to UGA to get good seats. He understands that that is a battle he has to fight, and therefore he has to make the fan experience as nice as possible. What is the, one of the things they want? They want quick concessions. I mean, they they want better ice, even fix out the ice machines. Uh, they want quick bathroom lines and to be able to get up, and they want beer. But the problem is, if you bring in beer vendors. You have to have 21-year-old people serving it. You have to have new concession stands, and you're doing it in the oldest stadium, I guess, what, in the SEC? You're right. It's a 100-year-old, very narrow chunk of concrete, you know, that you don't want to change. So you get tight in there, especially when you start adding in new uh, concession stands. So they're trying – in other words, there is a focus, and I'm not trying to come across as a, a spokesman for the university, but, again, I did this interview. We broke this news that it was coming. Josh explained it to me one-on-one, said, I can't put in new features until we move some stuff around. And that's why the University of Georgia may be the last stadium to have beer in it. It's not because they're trying – it's, you know, blue laws or, you know, conservative nature. It's because you just don't have the room. So they're trying to do everything they can to upgrade it, and you know they need to keep working on it because you want to have yeah. a great experience. And if you're the defending national champions, you should have the best experience. Yeah, I, I'm laughing because we all have our own thing, and I don't know if this has ever stuck out to you. I've said for years, and I call my own school out sometimes. I love my one to go 15 and 0, but I was like, the slowest elevator on planet Earth is that is the media elevator at Jordan Hare Stadium. And I've asked now three athletic directors, why can't we get a new elevator? It's like, well, it's complicated. I'm like, it's an elevator. Fix it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you just don't understand that it's not as easy as swapping something out. And, uh, and they finally actually did improve it over there. So you're right. It's a 100-year-old piece of concrete, and there's only so much in some ways you can do. Roddy, thank you for your time, man. Thanks for having me. Take care. Roddy Nabals at UGASports.com. I've talked about it for years. And so finally I was like, oh, okay, it's better. Um, and so sometimes better has to do, but you, and this is what you do. The like Dope Campbell, y'all ever been around Dope Campbell? Like back in the day, I say back in the day, it was called the erector set, or at least I, that's why I, what I heard people. Cause it was all, you could see the metal girders and the bolts and the cross tie. You can see all of that stuff. You just walk underneath it. And I've seen that at other stadiums as well, but it just is not real attractive. And you don't think at a place like Florida State, all that's been gone. Been gone. But that's what it was. They didn't build a new stadium. In fact, it's still, you walk inside, you're like, oh, still the same stadium. From the outside, ooh, beautiful stadium. Do the best you can.
Auburn, I was like, just fix the fix the elevator. Do you know what we got before an elevator? Like later, I was like, how do you not just carve that thing out? Throw another one in. We got brick facade around the entire thing. Big iron gates. I got a big like nine foot statue of Cam. Um, I was like, could I get up to the a little just a little quicker? Um, so you just you do what you can. And if you've ever been in Sanford Stadium, on the one end where the railroad tracks are, uh, on the other end there's a bridge. So it's and it's narrow. There are some tight squeezes getting around. I'm not kidding. Like in some of the corners of the concourses, you're doing that like shoulder sideways and waddle through, and that's when the gates have just opened. So they're in all kinds of places all throughout the SEC. There are also plenty of athletic directors and departments who like to say things like, ah, it's just complicated, but they really just don't want to spend the money. That's true as well. I do know in cases like Boston College, for instance, that they've got seven parking spaces for football. I don't know. I have no solution what they can do there. Ain't no room. So, all right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, wrap up on this day, wrap up on this week. We'll hear from Dan Matthews. We'll do all that next. Catch the king of college football no matter where you go with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. The thing is that we just don't know is how, how does he respond, you know, in the heat? How does he respond in this competition this spring? Uh, against the first defense. I mean, these are things that, you know, with a young quarterback, you just don't really know. You know, you can expect, you can project, but, you know, we won't know until we find out, you know, exactly how he responds. Chuck Oliver Show on a Friday, and that's Rodney Orr, Tider Insider. We've had him as a guest before. He knows what it is when it comes to the Bama program. He was on with the Midday Guys at Jocks in Birmingham, great station over there. And he's talking about Ty Simpson, the presumed starter or maybe the backup if Jalen Milrow has a pop-up spring. But uh, a lot of folks think that he's going to be the starter, but you just there's so much uncertainty. You don't even know, really, from practice, from where he's going to get a lot more reps against good uh, as the Bama quarterback, not as the, I don't know, as the Tulane quarterback. He'll be like his own team's quarterback in practice now. So you don't know how he's going to respond in practice or spring game. That's nothing. That's not even – And uh, get me to September. Then you'll start to get an idea. Found out about Bryce Young. All right, it looks like he's going to respond pretty well. Want well, to welcome back uh, Dan Matthews. Dan, how's your Friday been, brother? Uh, so far, so good. And, uh, you know, I actually have to do a little bit of a make good for people on Ooh. the Southern Beat, uh, the podcast that I have. If uh, you haven't listened to it yet, please uh, go and like and subscribe. Do all those different types of things. Uh, a little programming note for that. I'm going to be talking with Brent Key, the uh, head coach over at Georgia Tech. As uh, Yeah, the uh, Jackets are going to start uh, spring practice on Monday. And I think that the number one thing I want to know from him is what have the last few months been like for you? I mean, because it was a really bit of a roller coaster for Key once he got the job initially. And I remembered being there at his introductory press conference, if that's indeed what you want to call it, because he wasn't even introduced by a full time AD at the time. 
And I remembered him standing up there and just saying, hey, look, we're going to do our jobs. I know that coaches are going to be on the phone looking for other jobs. But, you know, I, I think that my job here is to get these guys ready and to also, too, put myself and everybody else in this building in position to be sitting in front of the new AD for a chance to say, hey, this is why I should be the head coach going forward. Eventually, he was able to prove that he was worthy enough of being such. And I think that that's something as well. How do you necessarily switch that off and start to truly believe I belong? Like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in this position because I think for so many people, that is a really tough transition to make. I remember years ago, kind of on the same wavelength there, is Sam Mitchell, a guy that played in the NFL, uh, NBA uh, for uh, many years. And he had talked about the time. This was when, uh, remember, when the Nets had hired Jason Kidd, and he said, I don't like it. And people were like, why don't you like it? He said, you have to turn your mind around from thinking like a player to thinking like a coach. Because when you think like a player, and a lot of people make that mistake of thinking, oh, well, you know, they know the players. They know what they like. They know what they don't like, all those different types of things. It's like, no, you have to be the bad guy at times. And players don't necessarily want to do that as opposed to a coach that just says, hey, it comes with the territory. That's what it is. I think many of these things are something that Brent Key has had to uh, deal with the last few months. And it's going to be interesting. And I think he He's looking forward to Monday the most because he finally says, I can just coach. Jason Kidd figured it out. He had a game a couple weeks ago. They His team blew like a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. Post game was like, I don't know. They played. Ask them. I didn't play. They did. Good for you, Jason. Wraps it up on the Friday and for the week. couple days, recharge the batteries. Be back on Monday. More of the Chuck Oliver Show. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs. With Blue certified, nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan Wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.